This is your Frederick Real Estate Update, a conversation about the regional real estate market with tips for buyers and sellers. Your hosts, REMAX Results, Darren Ahern, and Presidential Bank Mortgage's Terry Kernan. Hey folks, welcome back to your Frederick Real Estate Update. I am Darren Ahern with REMAX Results, bringing you well over 20 years experience in the Maryland and PA region. And I also have with me on our awesome program, the one and only from Presidential Bank Mortgage, Mr. Terry Kernan. How we doing, buddy? Good, man. How are you? Here we go. Here we go. We are into October now. We are deep into it, aren't we? We sure are. can't believe that uh, that we're here and uh, not much has changed since last week, except the rates have gone up more. Yeah, other than that, that. Other than that, it's been a calm week. The other thing is my Astros have been struggling, as you see. I am a diehard Astro fan almost my entire life, and boy, oh boy, Battle of the Texan teams, baby. I'm telling you what, it's a battle down there in the south right now to see who's going to the World Series. So, all righties. Well, um, we're pretty close to giving out candy, but, man, it's in the real estate market, we got to start talking about what kind of candy do we got to start giving out to uh, to get some of these buyers off the sidelines and all that a little bit. But, yeah, twice this week, T, I, uh, I looked at my phone and got that alert on the mortgage um, app and Holy cow, what uh, we know the chatterbox about they're not going to possibly raise interest rates in November, but everybody's shaking their head and saying, "Well, thanks a lot. They're raising them now. What's going on? Why in the last, you know, week have we seen uh rates come up to whatever degree they have and only you know that. So tell us what is going on." You know, a lot of it is 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 fear breeds fear, and I've said that on the show a hundred times. Enthusiasm breeds enthusiasm. Said two hundred times on the show, but 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 it's the it's the uh, rates are continuing to go up, and a lot of it is inflation driven. So let's talk just very briefly about what happens. So when the when the news comes out, so let let's take the um, let's take the. Uh, unemployment rate. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's start with that. The unemployment rate came out and the jobs report, and it came out for September, and it came out the first Friday in October. October's jobs report is going to come out first Friday in November, right? It's very consistent. Yep. It always happens. The market reacts to the numbers, okay? But it doesn't always look into the numbers, so let's take a look at September's, and I'm going to throw out a couple of food for thought. Yep. In order for us to get lower rates, we need to show a sign to the feds that the economy is cooling, okay? What does it mean by cooling? It's slowing down, okay? Adding more jobs is not slowing it down. So let's I'm, – I'm just going to hit on this very quickly. Job reports came out 336,000 new jobs. Yep came onto the market, but the everybody was only estimating 170. So almost double jobs were created, right? So what happened? Uh, the, the bond market goes crazy. The interest rates go up. You know, that should be good news. Unemployment's at 3.8%, you know, those things. And basically it was a sign that the economy's not cooling so that the feds may have to raise rates. Let's talk about Let's look under the hood, right? Of those jobs that came on the market, full-time jobs lost 22,000 jobs in September. Whoa. 
So where'd the jobs come from? Yeah. Jobs came from 123,000 of the jobs came from multiple, multiple people. So somebody going out and getting another job. Second jobs, boys and girls. Second jobs. So let's talk about this. Mm -hmm. Full-time lost. 200 or 22,000 in the past three months, full-time jobs, three months, full-time jobs have been cut by 692,000. So that, so that, so that making of jobs of 336, a lot of it's part-time jobs. And a lot of it is going to people that are struggling and going out and getting a second job. Right. Okay. So those are numbers that usually leads to basically a recession, people struggling, losing full-time jobs. So the last time, the last three times that we've lost a ton of full-time jobs um, basically was 2001, 2008, and COVID. And the last three times that's happened, we've had recessions, okay? Mm -hmm. So, so. So the numbers that came out, I think, were a bit skewed, and I think people overreacted. Yeah, is what I'm saying. Record, working two full-time jobs. There's 447,000 people out there working two full-time jobs, wow. all-time high. Wow. Okay? okay. So that kind of says, hey, we're not as good off as we think. If you have a half a million people out there having to work. 80 Two hours a week. full-time jobs for 80 hours a week, yeah. Yeah. Does, does that – do you see where that is? <laughs> yeah, and this is why I don't understand why in the world we don't – why do we even count part-time jobs? Like why would that be part of the equation with all this? Why isn't that number completely eliminated and all we focus on is just for now full-time jobs that are being created and have everything be uh, based on that? So, And what that's done is it's caused all the markets and everything to go crazy and overreact, and now we've got interest rates going through the roof um, thinking, oh, wow, things are really good. We're creating all these jobs. These are all $10 and $15 and $20 an hour jobs, half of them, and all of a sudden – um, how does that really help things in general, right? It may put some, you know, a little bit extra money for people to buy gas and food, but it's certainly not helping people in a long stretch. I would think, Terry, and only you know this, that's truly helping them get into a home to be able to buy a house and to, um, and to be able to afford, you know, the affordability factor to bridge that to, to a high degree. So, yeah. So, so in last month's numbers, of the 336,000 jobs that were created, mm-hmm. 123,000 was somebody getting a second job. Yeah, yeah. So so there was a lot of part-time jobs in those numbers, but 123,000 of those jobs that were created was somebody that was starting a part-time job that already has a full-time job. Right. And we know in our area to live and to be able to buy a home with the average price now of hitting $500,000, which Terry, as you know, if somebody's just putting down 5 or 10%, they're still going to have a $400,000, dollars $450,000 mortgage payment. And all of a sudden, their mortgage payment's going to be in that $3,000, $3,500 month range. And we all know that if you're not making seventy-five dollars to $100,000 per year, you are not able to afford it's just that simple. You're not going to have that kind of a home. And so here's the question that I back out into. Out of all those jobs that were created, how many of them were $75,000 plus per year paying jobs? 
That I don't know, but most of the jobs that were created, 49,000, mm-hmm. was basically in hospitality and leisure, travel and yep, leisure. travel and leisure. Uh, hospitality. Those are $20-an-hour jobs. But we've also saw a decrease in hotel, whatever, occupancy. Yes, okay? yes. So you created all these jobs. I'm sure a lot of them are part-time jobs. But you created all these jobs, but now we're starting to see a little bit of a lower. So... You know, I, I, I think the Fed needs to look under the hood before they react. And, and you know, these are the same guys and girls and ladies and leaders that basically called this inflation transitory yeah. when everything was pointing to this was real inflation. It was not transitory two years ago, and that's what's put us in the bind. So the bottom line is I don't think Feds have the um, – I, d- I talked about it last week. I don't think that they can raise rates again. They may try to push one in, you know, the end of December, but they can't raise in November because it's just too much. The natural raising of rates is causing uh, enough panic in the markets. So in the last week, we've gone up over an eighth of a point, right? About a quarter. About a quarter. We've gone about up a quarter. a quarter, which is very significant. If you've been listening to me for years now, actually in the last six months to a year, I have said the way I'm advising my sellers and such, I was just at a listing appointment last night. And with the way I'm advising them is now, or well, since we were at 7%, anything since that and above that is I've been advising them that for every quarter percent that the um, interest rates go up, you need to come down, you need to be about 1% or so um, lower than the last sale that was in your neighborhood. Like apples and apples, home for home. We're talking now 4 to 6%. So the listen I was at last night, that's what I did. I said, look, now we have no more time adjustments to take care of. You are not seeing your homes go up in value every month to make a time adjustment that your neighbor sold four months ago. So great. Add 2 or 3 or 4% to your price. You'll still get offers or multiple offers called a day. Those days are gone. That stuff is absolutely completely gone. We've gone flat or we're now starting to see a decrease, especially in the higher end homes. And so now, Terry, what I'm doing is saying like last night, now you need to get ahead of the eight ball even more. If you're not willing to get a hold of the eight ball even more, and so that means maybe in some price points, you're talking five, ten, twenty thousand dollars less than you would have actually listed if you had called me a week or two ago. That's the cold hard facts. Sounds like, oh my gosh, panic, the sky is falling. No, it's not falling at all. It's actually a very small tweak to make sure that you do not, you do not lose that window of opportunity. Because once you lose that opportunity in the first week or two, you in big trouble. I've done this 20 years. I've sold over 700 homes. I know exactly how to position someone where they get top dollar and not lose their shirt. It's that simple. And so that was the conversation we had last night. And you know what the seller said to me? No problem. Because we surely don't want to lose money because we all know that things could potentially change for the negative faster than grow. And so um, so these are the kind of conversations, Terry, that are really, really important as we still keep going forward with seeing things come down. Now, the thing that if you were sitting with me last night at this kitchen table, I guarantee that seller would have said to you, what do you think it's going to take? And they would have asked me, what do you think it's going to take to see rates come down? What has to really, truly happen? What would you say to those sellers today that are realizing, 
hey, I'm still going to get top dollar. It's still a seller's market. I just need to be a little bit more aggressive of my price. Nothing crazy, but just maybe one or two or three percent than I thought I would have needed or could have been at to get the same results, say, a month or two or three ago that I may not get now. What would you say to them since they're starting to really get concerned? We're over eight percent now. What's going on? I think the fear of inflation, um, once that subsides, once that once that goes away, um, then things will calm down. Our rates are higher than they should be, okay? The gap between inflation yeah. and rates is usually 2%. Oh, okay. Okay? In today's environment, that gap is about 3.5%. Wow. So our rates are higher than they should be. Yeah. That's the bottom, bottom, bottom line, mm -hmm. okay? That makes sense. Is inflation... Came, has been coming down. Our rates have been going up. The trajectory, they crossed paths once again. Right. Okay. Yep. And basically now that inflation is continuing to stay at a level or slightly come down, what you're taking a look at is you're looking at our rates are going up. It doesn't make sense. And I think it's part of the fear breeds fear. Okay. Mm -hmm. Is people... Nobody, the people at the top can't really give an answer. You know, yeah. when you have the leaders, the Federal Reserve, and they say, well, we're going to look at data. We're going to do this. Well, they look at data and all of a sudden, boom, they make these decisions. But I just, you know, I'm this guy sitting in a chair and I just looked under the hood and I said, well, those numbers aren't really as good as they were. And, and the market needs to know that and they need to relay that. And people need to 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 realize that, you know, when the fear subsides, rates will subside. And I don't know when that's going to be because we're in uncharted waters that I haven't seen or I can't remember seeing in the past 36 years. Yeah. Definitely. That's okay. what I mean. I'm telling people it's a little bit of a crapshoot right now because no one has a crystal ball. And when I still get people asking me, should we wait till the spring market to sell, which that would be after uh, January 15th. I've, I've just, I've basically, I've just said to them, look, I'm not panicked about anything, but the chances of you doing better with terms and conditions and price in the spring market of 2024 is probably going to be a little less than now it could be. And so unless rates, unless rates come down one or 2%, we get a, an amazing amount of buyers that come off the sideline and the inventory doesn't match that then we're gonna uh, obviously then yes we're gonna start see prices go back up again pretty quickly so let's talk yeah. about um inventory real quick terry and we're definitely going to talk about rate locks floating versus not floating pros and cons because we have one of our clients that are that just was doing that and then points on a loan how does that all really really work and if we have enough time i'm going to give you a few tips and tricks to think about to get your house ready for the winter time and all that so terry today numbers 338 homes are for sale now we crossed over the into the 300 marker back on September 30th. Okay. So, so at the end of last month, so just in the last... Up 10%. Um, yeah, we're up 10% just in the last two or three weeks with inventory. And then going backwards, if I go all the way back to March of this la this year, in March, in the beginning of March, we were actually at 238. Isn't that magical? 100 homes less for sale back in March, which most people would say, wow, that's the height of the spring market. Yeah. Okay, if you want it to be, fine. So we were at 238. Now we're at 338. We've had 33% increase in the amount of homes for sale 
And uh, and so that's where the inventory is. But let's take a snapshot back to 2022 real quick. At this time last year, one year ago, we had 493 homes for sale. Really? Yes, we did. We had 493, and back in March of 2022, we had 256. So we only had 22 homes more for sale a year ago at March. And then at now, we have 100 and what is that? We have about 160 or so homes less for sale now than we did at this time last year. That's interesting. Now, can you imagine today's market if we had 493 homes for sale? Everybody asked, would that cause more buyers to come off the sidelines because there's more to choose from? And how much would that truly affect buyer seller's position within their value of having more competition? I guarantee it would be a little bit lower. Guarantee it. To some degree, I don't know what, but uh, it would definitely be a little lower. So we have 338 homes on the market now. 195 of those are resale. Uh, 49 is the average time days on the market with a 515 uh, median sale price. New construction, 143, 47 coming soon. So that number's come up quite a bit from last week. Depending on the contract, I don't know if that's panic setting in. I wouldn't say so. I would say, Terry, if that number hit 100, that's when I would say, what in the world is going on? Pending on the contracts, 410 new homes, 171 are under contract right now in Frederick County. 239 is the resale number with an average time of 21 days on the market. In the past 30 days, sold 273 with an average time of 20 days. That number keeps pretty steady and going up a little bit. And $550,000 is the average single-family home in Frederick County that has sold in the last 30 days. And a townhouse just topped for the first time ever, boys and girls. Drum roll, $405,000 was the average townhouse in Frederick County. That's incredible. That sold in the last 30 days. So That's incredible. Yep. First time ever we've topped four does that include Does that include new construction? No. No. That's yeah. resale. This is resale, baby, whoa. boys and girls. Whoa, We're whoa, talking whoa. resale numbers right there. That's that's a huge number. And I, I Yep, we were at 393, and now we're, uh, in the last 30 days time I did, that was 393, now it's 405. A lot of that is coming because of new construction, that mm-hmm. we still have a very severe shortage of resale homes. I still have a lot of buyers that cannot find exactly what they want, and I have more buyers than ever before that are leaning into brand new construction. The reason why brand new construction is still pretty darn hot is, is simply because we still don't have a lot of it. We don't have a lot of inventory in that region either, in that category, I should say. And no mention, Terry, how many brand-new builders do you think are offering that 2-1 buy-down? Yeah, build a new house with us. We're going to give you closing help, or we're going to give you the buy-down, which means your interest rate's going to be two points less than at today's market value, or even more. There are builders, Terry, that are actually at 5.5% for the for their loan. So that's pretty darn enticing when somebody can get in the door for five, six, seven hundred dollars a month less in payment. And boys and girls, brand new home. What's there not to like about brand new? You pick everything out you want, maybe a little overpriced in my opinion, but who cares? If you're getting it for six or seven or eight hundred dollars a month less than a payment, 
So what? We'll take care of other things later, maybe. I don't know. List to sold price ratio went right back up to smack dab right on 100%. We were at 99.6. Now we're at 100. And so I think that shows that that little increase in some things there. So these rates don't seem to be absolutely causing um, any severe problems in and values coming down and none of that stuff at all. And I think the only reason why is simply because the amount of inventory that we still have in place now that even though it's trickled up just a tiny bit, Terry, I think the bottom line is we obviously still have enough buyer demand for that amount of inventory in uh, in its place. So a lot of people move from out of state as well. I have somebody that just called me and so we uh, we have we have a lot of people I'm hearing that are coming from out of state. All right, let's get right on into it. Lock rates and points and loans. What is that all about? So let's talk a little bit about locking your loan. Okay, when you have a contract, or even if you have a, a situation where you want to uh, shop and lock and shop, um, do a lock and shop. Or you can wait till you get a contract. But whatever the case is, let's talk about locking a loan in today's environment. The first thing I'm going to say is that when there is volatility in the market, which we have seen nothing but volatility in this market, when there is volatility, rates go up a lot faster than they come down. And that's what I always tell people. Okay, in a volatile market or in any market, actually, rates go up a lot faster than they come down. If there's volatility, I always recommend, if you're comfortable with the rate, lock it, okay? If you're not comfortable with the rate and you want to gamble on the float and you want to read up on it and do everything, by all means, you can go ahead and float. My college roommate called me last night, and he said, Terry, you know, my daughter, she's buying a house in Oklahoma, um, first-time homebuyer, FHA, and... He had called me a month ago when she bought the house, and I said, hey, I can do the loan. He said, well, I kind of want to let her do it on her own. I don't want to get involved. You know, first-time homebuyer, she's got a realtor she picked out. The realtor has a lender. They want to, you know, I I said, no problem, but I'm here for consulting. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. So this was a month ago, and at the time, rates were at about seven and a quarter, FHA loan. And basically, uh, he called me last night. Um, and he lives in California, and he he, he said, uh, uh, my daughter was never locked in. And I said, why was she not locked in? He, he said, because she was advised by the loan officer not to lock in. And that can become, you know, a situation where if the loan officer advises it, you're a first-time homebuyer. And he said, what would you have done? And I would have said, hey, you know, if you're comfortable with the rate, go ahead and lock. So they lost ground from seven and a quarter percent. Whoa. To seven and three quarters percent is what they're locking them in now. Wow. And so that is a reason that if you feel comfortable when you get into this, you're not an expert. Okay. You're not the expert. If you feel that you are, or you want to lock, you want to gamble, it is exactly what it is. It is a gamble. Yeah, sure okay? is. So if if things were improving, I don't think rates would have come down a half a percent in a month. Okay? Right. But if things are not improving, if things are getting worse, yes, they can go up a half a percent in a week. Yeah, okay? absolutely. So that goes back to the point that I'm saying. 
rates come down a lot fast, um, go up a lot faster than they come down. So, so by getting some bad guidance, I believe, because uh, he kept insisting that she float, mm-hmm. and she went ahead and floated on the advice of the lender, and now they're in a pickle, and now she's very upset, and they settled this Friday, and my buddy Dan said, can you settle this loan by Friday? And I said, no, it's an FHA. We would have to redo everything. We'd have to get everything assigned. And he's just like, this has, you know, been very tough. So the bottom line is, is when you lock, you can lock in for 30 days. You can Mm -hmm. lock in for uh, 20 days, but 45 days, 60 days, 120, 75. So each time you, each time you add on two weeks, you're going to get a little higher on how much your points are. Okay. So, so the longer the lock-in, the more expensive it is. Doesn't that make sense? You're protecting them. Once you lock in, the question always is, is if rates get better, can I float down? Yep. In, in most situations, if the market improves tremendously, yes, you can float down. But if it in if it goes from seven and three quarters to seven and five A's, there's no room to lower it. And people say, well, why can't I? Why can't I unlock it? And I say, well, if rates went up, can I come back to you and say, hey, can we unlock it and then right. lock you in? Mm-hmm. And the answer is no. It's like signing a contract, okay? Yeah. You are done gambling. You are basically um, – Done gambling. So let's talk about. So we talked about locks. Is yep. that clear? Yeah. Points okay. on a loan. Two let's minutes. Let's talk about two minutes. Points on a loan. Okay. So when you go to lock, they're going to give you a rate, and usually for the last, I can't even think. Let's say 25, 30 years, thirty-six years, as long as I've been doing this. Yep. I've never been in a situation where points have been hard to avoid. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about what a point is. One point is 1% of the loan amount. So I'm going to take an example of $300,000, okay? If you want to buy down your rate, which I don't recommend in a market like this because rates will get lower at some point. But if you want to buy down your rate, a quarter point, it's going to cost you one point. If you want to buy it down another quarter percent in rate, it's going to cost you two points. So 3000 or 6000 basically seven and three quarters, buy it down to seven and a half. You're going to save yourself $52 a month. That's going to cost you $3,000. If you do it for the next one, uh, seven and a quarter, it's going to cost you another $3,000. So you save another $51. Bottom line is the amount that you save to buy down a rate doesn't make sense because it takes 58 months to recover that. So, So by buying a rate down by 1%, Fifty-two dollars a month saving—that's fifty-eight months to recover. That you're going to refinance within the next thirty months at worst-case scenario. Yeah. Okay. So don't pay points. But there's a lot of loans out there that you have to pay points because the lenders don't want the investors don't want to buy these high rates because they know that they're not going to be on their books very long. Right. Here's what we can do. Any that's awesome. Anybody else having questions, make sure you get back to us here at your Friday Real Estate Update. Thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure you tap, hit the bell, share with everybody and all that good stuff. And Tara and I are always here for your information's right at the end. Take care, happy buying and selling. Have a great weekend out there, folks. Looking to purchase a home or refinance your existing mortgage? If so, Lawyer Signature Settlements is here to assist you with that process. 
Lawyer Signature Settlements is a local attorney-owned title company with over 100 years of combined experience conveniently located in Frederick, Maryland. We are licensed to conduct closings in the states of Maryland, Pennsylvania, Virginia, and West Virginia. With two attorneys on staff here at Lawyer Signature Settlements, we ensure the most thorough review process paired with affordable rates, accommodating scheduling, and outstanding customer service. So next time you need to place your signature on closing documents, call Lawyer Signature Settlements at 301-695-1235 or visit us on the web at www.signaturesettlements.com. We hope to see you at the closing table. Hello, this is Terry Kernan with Presidential Bank Mortgage in downtown Frederick. And the best way to reach me always is on my cell phone at 301-639-9244, 301-639-9244. Or you can always email me at tkernan at presidential.com. And this is Darren Ahern from REMAX Results. You can reach me anytime, 240-344-1713. Again, it's 240-344-1713 or at DarrenAhern at gmail.com. Thanks so much for tuning in to your Frederick Real Estate Update. We will see you each and every Saturday right here on WFMD at 11 o'clock. Past editions of this program are available in the audio vault at WFMD.com.